this is Tony Lloyd. Being a broadcaster for many years, I've witnessed some great stories in the music industry. And now I want to bring as many music stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. My goal is that they will inspire others making their way in the music world. Music Stories with Tony Lloyd. Judd Klinger, hello and welcome to Music Stories all the way from Honolulu. Yes, I'm very pleased to be with you, Tony. I'm happy to be on your uh, podcast and beautiful here in Honolulu today. I bet it is. I'm, I'm feeling jealousy whelming up in my, in my body at the moment. <laughs> you know, I live in the south of France, which isn't too bad at all. No, not at <laughs> <That's>, all. <clears throat> maybe I'll come and visit you. Um, you've uh, written a new book, which is what, but primarily what we're going to talk about at the moment, called All Too Much. Um, and it says in the write-up, the untold story of a Hollywood actor's two months with the Beatles in India. And of course, um, straight away I'm interested because I'm in the music business and uh, we all play and love the Beatles tracks and everything in there. Their, their, their music is just... Um, Timeless, really. People are still playing it, enjoying it now. So, right. uh, I'm insistently, uh, inter- instantly interested in um, what you've got to say in, in your book. I've had a quick look at it, and um, I haven't had time to read the whole book, sadly, but I will. And uh, I've read the sort of first three pages, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, and I was hooked straight away on the first three pages. So, you're obviously very good at That's it. That's good. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think an interesting thing about this book is, you know, after 60 years, you know, and maybe like about a thousand Beatle books, uh, there's really hasn't been that much new information about them. You know, it's it's sort of the same old stories recycled in different ways. And uh, uh, I kind of feel like one of the more unexamined periods is this two months when they went to India, they disappeared completely. Uh, Biggest pop band in the world, mm. huge, uh, at the peak of their success, really right after Sgt. Pepper's, they just disappeared for a couple of months. Why and, was that, uh, do you think? Why did they disappear? They're exhausted or they just needed a holiday? Or? Uh, well, you know, it's interesting. I tried to put um, the trip to India in the context of, of their of their whole career, what was going on before it and afterwards. And, and one of the big reasons, uh, I think that they went was they, uh, uh, their manager died, Brian Epstein, a few mm-hmm. months before they, uh, went to India and they were, you know, in those days, uh, if I can digress a little bit, you know, the pop stars didn't have careers like Bruce Springsteen, you know, that went on for five decades. They, mm-hmm. they basically, thought they were going to be done in a year or two so they they pressed really hard and even the beatles did that they made nine albums in uh six years two feature films over 1100 concerts you know they uh and so the you know there was never a chance to let up there was no chance for extended vacations and when their manager died suddenly they were sort of uh hey we can do whatever we want Mm -hmm. and they had just gotten interested in transcendental meditation. So I think they just decided to, let's just take a big break and go meditate and go to India and write some songs and get away from everything. So, Who, who uh, was it that introduced them to uh, meditation? Well, it was actually uh, uh, Patty Boyd, George Harrison's uh, wife at the time. Uh, okay. When they were recording uh, Sergeant Pepper's, she started meditating and started uh, following 
uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who in, uh, was the creator, the founder of Transcendental Meditation. And uh, he was coming to London to give a lecture, and she talked them into going, and they, uh, they became very enthusiastic about uh, what he was teaching and his methods and mm. what the, and they started meditating and they got a lot out of it and they decided to uh, get behind it at the time. Do you think that the meditation helped them because of their stressful career and their lifestyle? Uh, I do. I think that the, that all of them really enjoyed, uh, especially being in India. And uh, I mean, I think they were they were very burned out but when they got there and they had been uh, uh, I think taking a little bit uh, too much recreational drugs and they sort of gave up drugs and gave up LSD turned yeah. inward and uh, and it became a time of incredible uh, productivity and creativity for for them and uh, they they wrote uh, 40 songs while they were there uh, in less wow. than two months. So they were, they were meditating, but they also, you know, they had a tremendous work ethic and they wrote pretty much the entire White Album wow. while they were in India. That's incredible, isn't it? And, and, yeah, and lots of artists who, who do the same, don't they? They go somewhere, they, they, they take themselves off uh, for wherever it is and they sit down, they concentrate on writing and um, recording. Yeah, I, I think so now. But in the in the '60s, it just it was you know they were writing their albums in hotel rooms and you know mm -hmm. in the studios and so it was just it was just just nonstop work. But you know they were you know the, it's a group of musical geniuses and they were able mm -hmm. to 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 pull that off and and really every record that they made was you know I think uh, groundbreaking. Uh, and and they just continued to change and continue to evolve and uh, yeah, I agree. And, I, I watched um, a documentary about Paul McCartney. Uh, there's many documentaries about Paul McCartney, <laughs> of course. Um, but um, this one, he was describing um, how he composed some of the songs, and you know, he he just took minutes. It just came to him. He was one of these writers where something comes to you. Uh, I yeah. think, and and he just wrote it down, and there it was, a number one uh, amazing hit. And also, because he was a multi-instrumentalist as well, Paul, he used to go into Abbey Road, for example, and and lay down all the tracks, all the different instruments himself sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the uh, I say in the book that the White Album was the beginning of the four solo careers. You know, they uh, mm. once they quit touring, they started becoming... They didn't really record together, as you like you just said. As a mm. as a group, they would individually record their own songs, write songs separately, record them separately. Maybe all of them would be on a track. Maybe they wouldn't. So yeah, yeah it became a little different. Um, I you know, there's one thing I wanted to mention about uh, this book is that um, you know it, it, what what's different about it is that I think it has it. It goes into some new territory that's never been uh, written about or talked about, and 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 I wanted to talk, if I could, a little bit about how I got into the material of mm. this book. Yes, uh, oh, I well, would, I was going to go on to that and talk about Tom <clears throat> in yeah, a second because yeah. I know that was probably key to uh, you starting the book, but you'll have to correct me. Um, no, you're correct. Yeah, <laughs> I've done a little. I, I, I've done a bit of research, not too much. <laughs> 
But um, there's a thing in the in the foreword of your book that says Tom Simcox, Lennon's Yankee cowboy, was a successful television actor in 1967 when an interest in Eastern spiritualism led him to the study of transcendental meditation and a life-changing journey. So now we're talking about a totally different character now, Tom Simcox. I remember him yeah. in The Virginian as a cowboy in The Virginian, as a young uh-huh. lad. So I love The Virginian. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was uh, as Lennon called him. He was a cowboy actor. He uh, he 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 was on all of those uh, Warner Brothers westerns back in the '60s, mm. and he was quite successful. Mm. And then he was also at night. He was running a bar that he bought in Burbank, California. So he was uh, he was very uh, burning the candle at both ends, and kind of a lost. Uh, kind of a lost guy. In the book, I, I kind of compared him to the Leonardo DiCaprio character in Tarantino's uh, recent movie uh, because he was kind of this guy drinking too much, had a lot of success, was a little bit lost, and he discovered Transcendental Meditation, ended up in India, uh, had no idea the Beatles were going to be there, and became uh, very close friends with George Harrison and also Cynthia Lennon. And uh, so what's interesting about Tom is that uh, there's, a, there's been a lot of uh, mythology built up about the, uh, this period in India because when the Beatles came back, they, they completely disavowed the Maharishi and his teachings, but they didn't say why. And they were very, they just moved on and and sort of in the absence of them talking about what happened, a lot of rumors spread. And, and over the years, there's been all these stories that the Maharishi raped Mia Farrow and he was, you know, uh, taking advantage of young women and doing all kinds of things. And, and, and none of that it turns out to be true. Uh, and and then Tom Simcox comes along and he was, he was there the entire time. He was very... Uh, involved with all the Beatles, and he was actually um, sort of uh, intricately involved in the reason for their departure. And he left with them. Okay. The Beatles left, and and he went with them. So, do you think so, that uh, it was just too too much uh, bad feeling, or too much um, uh, too many accusations, and and so on? That's why they left. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I would say that it, it's always been a mystery why they left. And I think that, that uh, my book, you know, without giving too much away, it kind of solves the mystery. So I feel like I've sort of written the definitive true story of what happened there. <laughs> and, it's, and it does come from the point of view of Tom Simcox, who uh, he sort of narrates the story. It's sort of his story. And then it becomes the Beatles story. So he, you know, he tells his story and why he was there and what he was trying to do in his life. And it was very similar to what the Beatles were going through, you know, burnout, mm. looking for something different, looking for something new. Mm. And uh, he, uh, you know, he, he tells a great story. And when I met him uh, in the context of writing uh, a uh, adapting uh, uh, an autobiography of a woman named Nancy Cook, who was a PR agent for the Maharishi and built the ashram in India. Uh, When I met Tom Simcox, 
he told me that he'd been sitting on this story for 50 years and that he had, uh, he had wanted to tell it, he wanted to write it. He was in his 80s, he had, uh, he had given up the idea of writing it himself, so he told me I, the whole story. I, I interviewed him extensively. And I was going to say, uh, it must have taken, you've got lots of information from Tom. I mean, how many interviews, how many meetings did that take to, to allow him to tell his story to you? Well, uh, he was willing to do it, and I, I went to uh, the town where he lives and, and spent some time there. And I, I think all told, maybe uh, seven or eight hours I had on tape with him. And wow. uh, I think he had the story pretty well down. He, you know, he was still pretty sharp. And, uh, and, you know, the stuff he says is really interesting and new, and it's, uh, it's, it's stuff that most, uh, even diehard Beatle fans, don't know about. He really sets the record straight and clears up the rumors and and uh, sort of, um, I would say he, he sort of clears up the mythology around what happened there. Would he be classified as a modern day whistleblower? <laughs> <laughs> I look at him as sort of like when I was, when I was sitting down to write it, I, you know, one of my favorite novels is The Great Gatsby. Mm. And, you know, the, that book is written from the point of view of a character named uh, Tom also, Carraway, uh, and, I, I, and, and Gatsby's, Gatsby's sort of this uh, iconic figure. So, it's, so I use that sort of parallel that you have these iconic figures, the Beatles, and then you have a, a, a guy who's telling the story from his point of view of what happened, but mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a point of view that's never been heard. Okay. And it sort of explains a lot in terms of... Uh, why they came back and sort of disavowed the Maharishi and and uh, and, and went on and what and what happened in those in those weeks that they were in India as well, which must be fascinating. Yeah, I, I mean it's uh, you know part of it's uh, you know already been written about. I mean you know Cynthia Lennon wrote a book. The both the Boyd sisters were there, Patty Boyd and Jenny Boyd. They've you know there 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 are books written. Uh, but also those three women, for example, they didn't spend much time talking about what happened there. And I interviewed Jenny Boyd, uh, and, and she remembered Tom Simcox. And uh, she, in fact, when they left the ashram, she and Tom Simcox left together in a taxi ah. and rode to Delhi together. So it's, uh, <laughs> it was good. It was, I, I talked to a lot of people who haven't spoken in depth about that period of, of the, the Beatles career and uh, I have to say um, that uh, I don't blame her or anyone else getting into a taxi with Tom Simcox because he's a very good looking guy um, ladies you need to and maybe some men as well you need to, you need to google Tom Simcox uh, he's a very handsome chap or was well the, uh, on the first page of my book there's a, a quote by John Lennon that he, he uh, gave to uh, Rolling Stone magazine in 1970, which I love, where he, he says, you know, there was this Yankee cowboy TV actor there, and my, did the Beatle wives go for him in a big way. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking at his picture, it's obvious, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, very uh, good looking chap. And, and I remember him, as I said earlier, from the Virginian, which I love the Virginian. Uh, it was just that we're probably, you know, one of the best westerns there was. Uh, fantastic stuff.
Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, what else have you? What else can you tease us about that's in your book? Because you've already you've already teased us about uh, <laughs> India and so on. What else? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I didn't want to give too much away, but no, I, don't. I feel like I feel like what I wrote in a way is a a, a mystery book because there is this big mystery of of what happened there and. Uh, and so I, I uh, yeah, I guess that's why I'm teasing a little because I feel like I want, uh, I, you know, I want people to read the book to to find out, of course, the truth. I guess what I would also say is there were certain characters there um, who had uh, personal vested interests in creating lies about what happened there, uh-huh. uh, and so I talk quite a bit about. Uh, those particular people and what they were up to and why they were um, lying about what was going on in the ashram and lying about the Maharishi and and uh, another thing I would say that's interesting is that when it was all over you know the Beatles all left they were very disillusioned and and upset with with what had gone on there, uh, but over the years, I think they came to realize their, the, you know, the mistakes they made mm. and the assumptions they came to about what was happening. Mm. And uh, I've learned that you know Paul McCartney continued meditating for for many years, and when um, his first wife Linda died, he took his uh, two of his children to Amsterdam to meet the Maharishi, who welcomed them in. He hadn't seen Paul since 1968, but he welcomed them. He talked to them for four hours, and uh, and um, one of his daughters started uh, tr- doing transcendental meditation after that visit. So he, you know, he never really, uh, he, you know, Paul says that he never really had a bad impression of the Maharishi oh. and uh, and uh, and, uh, and George Harrison also um, defended him you know throughout his life I will say you asked me what else I would say about the book I think it's very revealing about um, the Beatles as humans you know I think I tried to get away from the the iconography and the the, the mythology of the Beatles I mean they were such huge figures in those days and I tried to look at them as what they really were they were 24 to 27 year old very young men under a lot of pressure uh and and you know I know when I was that age I I had a lot of missteps I made a lot of mistakes and Mm. and when they did it they you know it was magnified all over the world Mm, so I, I think it's interesting to look at them as as humans not just icons and myths but like you know what was really going on with them and uh george harrison you know is a fantastic character in this book the the his his relationship with tom simcox is extremely personal and poignant and um and i think anyone who's really interested in uh the beatles history and especially george harrison will love this story what do you think paul mccartney will say about the book uh well i i kind of doubt that he'll read it but i think if he if he uh if he did read it i think he would say i got it right well that's good and the others uh, have you have you met any of the others as well 
Um, you know, I've, I've, uh, the Beatles, I've never met any, any of them. So, uh, no, okay. I haven't spoken to Paul or Ringo about, about this. Well, we, 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 we're waiting at uh, excited, bated breath to see what their reaction to the book is if they, cause they'll hear about it, but they may not comment. Yeah. I, I, I think that it's, um, I think it's a very fair and flattering portrait of them. I mean, I, I think that what's interesting about that time there was this explosion of creativity that they had when they really didn't have to have the pressure of everything else in their life and they got to just go there and it was kind of like a vacation. They were studying medic meditation and they took it seriously and they meditated every day and, and they went to classes and it was almost like being back in school for them. But they also had free time and you know Donovan was there, Mike Love of the Beach Boys, there were and there was a lot of uh there was a lot of music in the air and a lot of amazing songs were written there. So oh, wow. I think uh I talk a lot about the music that they wrote there and and you know they they came back and you know they literally had the white album written when they came back from India. So you could say that the meditation helped them in their composing and writing. Um, I would think so. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, George Harrison points out that there a lot of the songs and a lot of the lyrics came directly from things that the Maharishi was saying in his lectures. Uh, so he, like, there's a there's a thing that George Harrison says that that you know the Maharishi every day would say, "Come on, it's such a joy." Come on, it's such a joy. And then, you know, that line stuck in John Lennon's head and he wrote a song with that, around that line. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, I would say the meditation process was very helpful for their songwriting. Anyway. So there you go. Any, any young musicians who um, are aspiring to the talents of the Beatles, uh, maybe meditate <laughs> to help you in your, in your writing. Because it, it seems to work, you know. Yeah, I, I think they. I think it does work. I think it's a. It's a. It's a. And everyone in who in the book, whether it's Tom Simcox or George Harrison, whoever, they all say, you know, Patty Boyd especially. They all say meditation's fantastic and it's it's life changing. I don't meditate, but they, uh, you know, they don't. Um, they don't have anything bad to say about it. They think it's a great uh, system yeah, for so for self-improvement, I guess I would yeah. say. Yeah, I, I, that's what I've heard. I don't know much about it at all. Uh, Judd, for you personally, what's uh, for your future now? You've finished this book and it's uh, available now, but what's, um, what's for you for the future? You mentioned uh, a bit earlier that you're involved with Hollywood. Yeah, well, I have um, prior to doing this book, I... I um, I, I developed a uh, a television series, what they call a limited series. It's it's about uh, it could be like eight to ten hours. And uh, I have a production company in LA. Uh, we're trying to cast that now, and it's um it's also incidentally set in the '60s, but it's about uh, a woman named uh, Mary Meyer who was um, uh, married to a, a fellow who was uh, very high up in the CIA in the early 60s and she was also one of uh, 
President Kennedy's mistresses, and she was uh, mysteriously murdered in broad daylight in a park in Washington, D.C. in 1964. And then there was a very famous murder trial involved uh, that followed that. And so it's a story of the, the murder trial, and it's also a story of her life and, and sort of things that were going on in Washington in the early 60s. It's, so uh, look for that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds intriguing. I will look for that. That's fantastic. Uh, Judd, thank you so much. You've been fascinating uh, to talk to, and your book sounds, may I say, even more fascinating than you, um, <laughs> uh, which is uh, a compliment um, about uh, your new book, All Too Much, uh, The Untold Story of a Hollywood Actor's Two Months with the Beatles in India, which sounds incredible. And I have dipped into it, and it is I, I can't. I, I, the only reason I stopped reading it is because I, I had to do some work. You know, I have to interview people and do radio shows and stuff. But I will get around to reading the rest of it. It sounds uh, compelling reading. Uh, well, thank you. Thank so you much. very much for having me on. I'm excited to be on your show, and uh, it, it, I, it was a pleasure. So. Thank you very much, Judge. You take care. Okay. You too, Tony. Cheers. Bye. Thank you. Music Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that it'll help and inspire others in the music industry. Get in touch if you've got a story to tell. If you would like a professional podcast made or would like training so you can do it yourself, I can help. Go to TonyLloydRadio.com Music Stories with Tony Lloyd